One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, so you guys have been activated in, in praying in, the, in tongues in the Holy Spirit. Who, who's been digging at it? Who's been, uh, you've been experiencing anything, right? Your, your whole spirit life just takes off, right? A lot, a lot of dreams, visions happening. A lot of bumping into people and seeing some supernatural stuff. Amen. 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 All right, well, that should be a normal life. And so um, if, uh, if that's not your normal life, then we got to get you there, right? Because Jesus doesn't, he didn't come for a, for a dumbed down, powerless church. He came, he came to equip a body that would be supernatural, that would reflect him on earth, right? Um, so, um, so when I woke up this morning, um, I've been, I've been preaching a lot. I've been, uh, we, Shelley and I were in Canada a week and a half ago. I preached, uh, I literally preached all day on Saturday. Um, Sunday, Friday night, um, and then this week uh, I preached. This this is my third time this week uh, ministering, and so we just been busy. Um, and so I'm flying by the seat of my pants, right? This this for me is kind of like when I go to India. Um, there's so many different sessions that you can't prepare for everything. Um, it's actually like you literally have to trust the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's literally on the car ride there. I would say, all right, Lord, what are we doing in this place? And boom, that's that's the way I learned to trust in what the Holy Spirit was saying and what He wanted to do. Because if He's in charge, guess what? He's going to do something. Absolutely. Amen? You with me, church? Yes, amen. Amen. amen? And so the quicker you learn that, the quicker you learn to kind of lay down religious thought processes. Anybody, anybody learning to lay down some religious thought processes? Oh, right? And embrace um, the fact that the Holy Ghost is literally the superpower that, the, that Jesus gave us to, to embrace and become uh, something that we could never um, become on our own, then um, that's when we start to see a lot of supernatural stuff happen in our life. And so, anyway, I woke up this morning, um, got my coffee, and uh, sat down uh, with the Lord this morning and uh, started asking questions, saying, uh, all right, what are we doing tonight, Holy Ghost? And... Um, <clears throat> As soon as I shut my eyes, I, I had this really quick vision, and in this in this vision, I saw um, three angels um, in the room here. Um, I saw I saw this angel named Redemption standing in that corner. I saw this angel um, named the Reaper standing in this corner, and I saw this angel named Wisdom standing in, in the middle of the floor here. Um, and I immediately know what that meant because um, years ago I had this dream when the Lord when the Lord kind of launched me to start working with churches and um, different things. I had this really cool dream um, that I'm going to share with you here in a minute, um, <clears throat> where the Lord actually talked to me about orchestrating what happens when the Lord sends me to go minister to a pastor. I, I do a lot of 
the Lord actually sends me to go knock on pastors' doors and do different things to, you know, give them the word of the Lord or, or transit, help transition pastors into the next level of, of what the Lord wants to do with their organization. Um, and so anyway, I know what those three angels do. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that dream and... and uh, because I, I think the Lord wants to explain something, but um, even more deeply, <clears throat> I think the Lord wants um, us to encounter redemption, uh, the reaper, and what the reaper angel does, and, and wisdom. All right? That may, hey, does that freak anybody out? Uh, no. <laughs> any, 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 anybody say, I've never heard a guy kind of, you know, talk about angels or, you know, any, anything like that. But, um, you know, who, who? why would you serve a God that, that wasn't in charge of the impossible, right? And he's, he's looking for a people to actually walk on water, to actually do things that you can't do on your own, right? And so, um, anyway, let, let's pray for a minute before, before I get into this dream, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Amen? Um, so, Lord, we just invite the kingdom of heaven into this place. We decree this is an open heaven, Lord. We give you uh, full right, full authority. We, we say, Lord, come have your way. We pray, Jesus, you would step into this place. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to step into this place tonight. Um, and Lord, we pray for every uh, for, for the angel of redemption, the, the reaper angel, and wisdom, Lord. We pray that not only would you send those angels, but every angel that is sitting around in heaven not doing what they're assigned to because um, people aren't using their angel or, or whatever, Lord. We pray, send them also. We pray that we have a, a, an angel party here tonight. Yes. Lord, that you would send the messengers out of heaven and just that the glory of God would rest in this place in a supernatural way, Lord. That people would be equipped, Lord. That every gift of the Spirit would be imparted. Lord, that you, you would reveal the fullness of, of your presence to every person in here tonight, Lord. Let every person, Lord, who came with a need, Lord, let that need um, be not only met, but um, overly and abundantly beyond anything we could ask or think, Lord. Let there just be an outpouring um, of, of your presence, Lord, and let the fullness of heaven, the fullness of what Jesus came to give, Lord, we pray, Lord, come into this place tonight and equip your church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so <laughs> so here's the deal. I'm going to read this dream to you, and then we're kind of going to kind of break down this dream, and then we're going to pray and see what the Lord wants to do, all right? So <clears throat> I'm in heaven in this dream, and this, this dream happened about five years ago. Um, I'm, in, I'm in heaven, uh, in, in the, and Jesus walks me down a, a hallway to a door, and written on this door um, is the name true redemption okay and he opens um his hand and offers me a key okay um and and when he drops the key in my hand uh the key begins to glow uh with the word adoption written on this key all right um there were three angels that appear beside me as soon as the as the key lands in my hand all right um, the angels were the angel of wisdom, the angel called the reaper, and the angel called redemption. Um, the reaper carried a very large sickle. Redemption carried a bucket of blood, 
And wisdom was both present and transparent like he was in two places at one time. Wisdom took the key out of my hand and inserted it into the door. We crouched down like we were going to sneak in into a place. Um, and as we crossed over the threshold of the door, to my amazement, it was like we entered a dungeon. Um, we actually entered hell. Okay? I looked to my left and I saw a dragon that had many heads. It, has, it had its back to us. And so we were sne- literally um, sneaking with these three angels through hell um, on the backside of this dragon. All right? <clears throat> Wisdom led us past the dragon to an area that had many prisons and cages. I realized we had the power of being hidden in the spirit. The, the dragon didn't even know we were there. Okay? The enemy could not see us. Written on the wall above the prison cell was a phrase. And we're going to talk about this. This phrase, it's, it said, the deceived, those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit. All right? <clears throat> so I started looking into the cells and I could see the names of people um, written, um, written on them. And I also saw um, names of their theology written above them. Okay, the names of, of uh, and as I'm looking through the, these prison doors, the, these prison uh, cell doors, um, I see um, these names above the people. It reads Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, Satanist, Catholic, Protestant, Church of Christ, Baptist, Methodist. All these different denominations were in the same place as the Buddhists, the Hindus, the Satanists. And I, I immediately, it, it was like, it like took my breath away as I'm looking and I'm trying to understand why, why the Lord was, was showing me this, okay? The prison cells were guarded by a spirit that had the name Orphan written on it. Wisdom began to orchestrate what we would do. Wisdom huddled us together, looking at redemption. He said, first, you're going to douse them with the bucket of blood. He points to me and says, second, you're going to prophesy to the people and the prison door is going to be open. Amen. 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 Then he looked at the reaper and he says, as soon as the prison door is open, you're going to go in and decapitate every one of those demonic powers. (laughs) I love when the reaper comes into the room. Amen. As soon as the blood touches the people. So so anyway, um, the. As soon as that happens, as soon as, the, as soon as wisdom says go, redemption throws the blood through the prison door, okay? The blood lands on the people. I start to prophesy. The prison door opens. Re- the reaper angel goes in, starts literally annihilating all these demonic powers that were devouring the people and keeping them captive inside of this prison. And the next thing that happens is wisdom... Um, goes and organizes the people and leads them not only out of the prison, but leads them through the door of heaven to meet Jesus face to face. Okay? And people, um, I, w- I, w- I just I want to start out by saying this. The true goal of Christ's redemption, of salvation, is not just a theological position, right? It's actually an encounter. Right? It is the presence of the Lord. It is, it is you um, actually um, receiving all that the Lord has for you. Um, and you don't spend your time 
in prison cells. Right? Is anybody trapped in a prison cell? Anybody in a dead religious thought process? Um, that's, you're not actually supposed to be there. You're supposed to be actually in the throne room. Okay? And that's the point of a lot of the equipping of prayer that we've been talking about for the last few months, which is um, you, are, you are to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, right? Your prayer life, your, your, your prayer language is a key that gets you into the presence of the Lord rather than theologically being positioned in a dead place. Amen? Amen. And so, <clears throat> you know, adoption's personal. Um, th- theology, no matter what your theology is, even if it has a little bit of Jesus in it, if it's just theology, it's, man- it's a man-made thought process. It's powerless. And it's interesting to me that the Lord, equi- or the Lord actually identifies the Muslim, the Hindu, the Satanist, with the Catholic the person who identifies himself as a Protestant because of what you believe, be, identifies himself as a Church of Christ because of your theological position. And you can go on down the list, um, and you may say, that's a bit harsh. We've been taught that all you have to do is say, I believe. Right? Anybody been led through a sinner's prayer and all you have to do is say you believe? That's not the, that's not the goal. That might be a start, but that's not the end point, Right? The, the goal is encounter, Amen. right? Amen. And so the encounter, the relational dynamic is, is what Jesus desires. Um, and, you know, angels are actually a part of that, okay? Angels, if you haven't met your angels yet, if you haven't been introduced to your angels, um, then we probably need to get you introduced to your angels, right? And I know I might sound kind of out there, but the, rea- the reality is... Um, Here's a scripture, Hebrews, um, Hebrews 1, are they not all ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, and protect those who will inherit salvation? It, are, 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 is there anybody in here um, meant to inherit salvation? Amen. Right? Amen. Then you have an angel. All right, say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Introduce, me introduce me to the angel, to the angel that you've assigned to me. Assigned to me. And oh, by the way, All those extra angels angels that the people aren't using, using, send them my way too, (laughs) because I have a purpose. purpose. In Jesus' name. name. All right, get ready, all right? Amen. Amen. So here's the the deal. The Lord, Lord, um, if, if if you don't live a supernatural prayer life where you encounter dreams like this, right? Doesn't, doesn't the scripture say um, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh? You, you know, you'll dream dreams, you'll have visions, and you'll prophesy? Right? Does any, anybody know that scripture? The, the, po- the, point of the, the point of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is you will dream dreams, see visions, and you will prophesy. Right? Dream dreams, see visions, and prophesy, and all the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit flows out of the presence of the Lord, right? Casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, is all connected to the voice. Amen? So, do we have any lawyers in the house? (laughs) Not real lawyers. I'm talking about theological lawyers, right? You know, Jesus, Jesus treated 
in, in, the, in the New Testament, Jesus treated people in two different ways. To the sinner, he reached out his hand, said, I forgive you, and gave him a way of freedom. To the lawyer who bowed up, was confident, cocky, you know, the ones who said, we are what we are because we know what the scripture says. You know, you know, Jesus, you know what Jesus said to those guys, right? In John 5, 38, he says, you guys search the scripture because in it you think there's life, but you can't even see me standing in front of you. And that should shake you to your core if you are set in a theological position and don't know the living Christ in voice, right? Because we're all, we're all meant to, to encounter Christ. And if you've never heard anybody kind of preach like this and you think this is kind of harsh, I'm trying, I'm trying to save people, all right? Because here's the deal. Um, all the theologies that the Lord identified in, that, in, in prison, in hell, along you know, every one of you will say, oh, well, yeah, the Satanists, of course, right? The, the Hindu, of course. The Muslim, of course, that's, that's where they're at. But the Catholic? Of course. <laughs> huh? The, 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 the Protestant, the Church of Christ guy, right? Wait, they, they claim Jesus. Well, I mean, here's the deal, guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, man-made theology is the same whether you use the name of Jesus or not. It's man-made theology. You get that? I don't care if you claim Jesus. I want to know if you know Jesus. Okay? Does a Baptist who opposes the voice or the gifts of the Spirit know Jesus better than the Muslim? They may know about Him. They, know, they may know what the Bible says in theory, but do they know Jesus any differently than the Muslim? It's kind of the same. Unless, you, unless the voice is leading you what, do you, what can you tell me? What do you know about him? What did he say to you to this week? What did he talk to you about this week? Right? What did he, what did he equip you with this week? What, what need did you bring to him that he actually said, I got that, I got that, I got that. Right? And so this relational dynamic, um, this, this concept of knowledge is, is a pretty big deal. Right? Do you know him or do you have knowledge of him? Right? How many, how many rely on knowledge or do you, do you rely on knowing Him? Knowing. Knowing? All right. Amen. <laughs> so let me, let me talk to you a minute about knowledge, okay? This is Ephesians 3.19. Paul says, I pray that you may really come to know the love of Christ which far, far surpasses mere knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of Christ. So he distinguishes the difference of being aware of a scriptural concept versus truly knowing and walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because if you walk with Him, baby, you walk with the most powerful, dominant force on earth. Right? People say, well, you know, a lot, I, you know I work with a lot of different denominations and the you know, the Lord somehow opens doors for me to go and, and minister. And, you know, people say, well, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm, I'm trying. And I say, well, what's he talking to you about? He goes, well, I don't know, but I, I, I memorized these five scriptures and I'm just, I'm trying to be faithful. And I say, well, you know, you can't get faith that way, right? 
And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? You, you can't pick five scriptures out and generate faith on your own. Okay? And this is what I mean by this. Um, Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, the word rhema, it, it comes by the impartation. You see, you can't, pass, you can't bypass the way of the Lord. Okay? You can't fake it. You can memorize all the scripture you want. You can stand up and quote Psalm 91. I dwell in the secret place in most high and under the shadow of the Almighty. I am, the, you know, the Lord is my fortress and my, my high tower. Right? You can quote all that. You can quote all of it all day long. But until you are in a reliance relationship and He's imparting to you faith. Right? Faith is a supernatural. It, it has a substance. Right? It, it has a, um, an ability. It has all um, you need because your God knows your heart. And if you know your God and you trust your life with your God, somehow he knows what you need. And boom, there's this impartation. I didn't know how I was going to get through the night, but I rolled over out of bed. I started to pray and boom, I got this impartation. And now I got the power of the Holy Ghost flowing in me. I didn't know how I was going I didn't know how I was gonna come to Florida. I didn't know how, but boom, he got this impartation, right? I didn't know how it was gonna happen. But somehow this God that I rely on shows up and boom, right? Maybe you gotta lay your hands on each other and go boom in the Holy Ghost, right? You need a boom. You need you need a boom in the Holy Ghost. Right? You see, the relationship is about impartation. It literally is the revelation that, holy heck, Jesus has to come out of heaven to lead me through life. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? You know why there's so many churches in America that are like 70% women and only 20 or 30% men? Do you know why that is? Because most men are wild at heart and they walk into churches the majority of churches in America, and they look at it and they're like, where is the power, right? This doesn't look any different to me than that, that um, satanic thing that I tried. This doesn't look any different to me than that Muslim thing I tried. None of this looks any different until somebody who walks in the power of the Holy Spirit begins to demonstrate the, the, that God is present, Right? My God, there's, there's angels in the room. There's, they're, they're like the, the glory of God is present in the room, right? You see, once men have their heart like literally turned like this is real, Jesus is real, that's when men give their life, right? I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to sit in a dead fake thing either, right? I'm not going to sit there and like take my, tame me down and just go through the motions, Shoot, man, give me something that I have to kill and deliver and cast out and do something that's supernatural, right? You, gotta, you know, it's got to be real. It's got to be wild. That's what the world is. It's life and death. And so, like, when men, when men um, find that, holy heck, I have a call on my life. I have a purpose in my life. And Jesus talks to me. And the next thing you know, there's like, you get a man baptized in the Holy Ghost who knows who he is in Christ, and they won't be stopped. Right? They, they won't like just sit in a dead thing. They'll be like, I need to, to uh, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. All right? Boom! That's right. You need, you need a boom, man. <laughs> so this knowing of Christ was so crucial in Paul's life 
that, um, you know, at the beginning, you guys know the story of, of Paul, right? Saul, Saul was this guy, he, he was called the Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew all the scriptures, but he didn't know Jesus. He didn't personally know Jesus, but he knew all the scriptures. And until his Damascus Road experience, boom, he gets knocked off his donkey. It's like, oh, he gets blinded, right? Shaken, the prophet comes and, you know, the scales fall off his eyes. And, you know, Paul got messed up. Saul became Paul, right? No longer was Saul alive, but this new man called Paul gave his life because he felt the power because he got knocked off his donkey, right? Amen. And so Paul, as Paul walks through his, his walk, at the very end of Paul's ministry, um, he, he says these words. He says, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Right? He, 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 the, the gospel to him was simplified from all that theology being set aside to, I know my God. I know my God. I know my God. No matter what situation where He leads me, I know that I know that I know Him. I know Him. Right? And, and that concept of like knowing Him, um, it's lost. It's, it's, it's lost in the majority of our organized religion. Right? Because if, if it was real, there'd be people running up and down the streets getting the drug dealer healed. Right? Riverview would be set on fire, wouldn't it? I mean, come on. I mean, there'd be demons being cast out of people in the middle of the street. There'd be, there'd be people getting healed. The demonstration of the presence of the Lord, God present, would be so known and released on, on the streets that, you know, it couldn't be, it couldn't be denied it, because, because it's real. And so, you know, knowing Christ has this unlimited mindset of trust, okay? Um, Anybody, who, who here uh, flows in, in uh, miracle signs and wonders? Right? Anybody? Come on, man. Come on, man. You better start raising your hands. Yeah, I'm teetering on it, right? I, I, I got hit and miss once in a while. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a couple stories um, before we continue. Uh, you know, I, when, when Shelly and I, the Lord sent Shelly and I to Toledo, um, the Lord actually gave us the actual street name uh, and the church, the group that we were supposed to work with. We knocked on it. We walk in, knock on their door. Within a couple of weeks, we start School of the Holy Spirit. Um, and pastors, local pastors, non-denominational, you know, no Holy Ghost guys, they start coming to, it's like secret. They would sneak in and, the, and these pastors would be littered in the back, the back of the church. Like, like all, 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 the, all the people chasing the Holy Spirit are in the front, right? They want to they prophesy. They want to do this. They want to do that. And you've got all these pastors secretly sitting in the corners. Um, and um, I called this guy out one night. He was uh, a pastor in a, in a denomination. It was an absolute zero Holy Spirit denomination. Um, I called him out, prophesied over him, laid my hand on him. <coughs> And um, he hits the deck, he's shaking like a leaf, tongues flies out of his mouth, and um, we, with, within a, probably, I don't know, three, four, five months, we start working with him and his leadership team secretly, okay? His whole leadership team gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, people are weeping, crying, 
Um, and in the midst of that, um, I called out the, the worship leader. Was There was this, this small group of people, about 30, 40 people. I called this worship his worship leader out, okay? She's in her mid-30s, okay? Um, and I didn't know this, but I have this vision. The Lord gives me this vision of her being in barrenness. But fruit, I saw these fruit trees around her, and I, and I started to prophesy that she was going to give birth. She starts to cry. She's like, no way. Well, it turns out the story is um, she's in her mid-30s. She could never have children. Okay? Her and her husband could never have children. This week, the pastor buddy, who's now got almost his whole church baptized in the Holy Spirit, he calls me and he says, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> but the woman, the, the, the worship leader that you prophesied over, she's pregnant. Wow. That was one year ago in March. And so she's testifying in front of the church, and the church is like, no way, because everybody knows. Like, you know, when you know people that are desperately trying to have children, they can't have children, and now all of a sudden, she's pregnant, okay? And you can say, well, man, maybe she got pregnant. I'm going to say, no, no way, dude. The Lord spoke into her and birthed something that did not exist, okay? So that's the power of prophecy. That's what prophecy is. You, Every one of you have the ability to do that. Right? Yes. You believe that? Oh, I know it. Right hand? I know it. Right? I know it. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I want to prophesy. I want to prophesy. Your visions and your dreams. I want to raise the dead. I want to call those things that do not exist. Into existence. into existence. I want to cast out demons. Heal the sick. I want to awaken the church. I am your gate, Jesus. Do your work through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you, anybody been watching that uh, revival in Asbury, Kentucky? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, something that I thought was pretty comical. I mean, I have friends and different people that have gone, um, and you know, they're like, you know, they're describing it, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have been to any revivals, but they they describe you walk into place and like the presence of the Lord is like tangible, like you just it's just a- absolute peace. You can feel the presence of God, and people are just giving their life, right? They're giving their life to Christ um, because God is present. Nobody's preaching theology. Literally, they're worshiping and the presence of the Lord is knocking people over, right? And something I found comical, um, Shelly Shelley found this video um, that was floating around Facebook or something and it's a, it's a video of um, like a, I think it was a fundamental um, Baptist preacher, like a hard-nosed sensationalist. You guys know what a sensationalist is? Sensationalism is somebody who believes that God doesn't speak anymore, so he gives you scripture, and therefore there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit present, and there's no gift of the Holy Spirit. All the gifts passed away, none of that existed, right? And so this guy, this guy in the video starts to, he goes, he goes, he goes, I just, I can't keep my mouth shut anymore. Right? We're just real cocky. He goes, I can't, I can't keep my mouth shut anymore. He goes, he goes, first of all, those guys don't even use the 1611 King Jimmy Bible. 
<laughs> he goes, we all know, we all know in our denomination that the 1611 King James is the only true word of God and nothing else means anything. Wow. Well, the, fir the first error with that is the word is a person. Okay? Yes. Revelation 19, the name of Jesus is the word. He's living and he speaks. He's a person. So when you begin to worship Scripture, you're no longer living. You're no longer worshiping the living Christ. You're worshiping what you want to make a theological Amen. position on, Amen. right? Amen. Amen. So, so this guy's going off and saying, "I, you know, I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. There's no such thing as a revival, right?" And then he goes to top things off. He goes, "Then they let a woman talk. <laughs> <laughs> then they let a woman preach." Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, right? And I mean, this guy goes on and on and on about all of their theological positions about wow. why revival is not happening, and yet people are walking in the building and giving their life to Christ. Right? right? right. Two different things. Mm -hmm. That Baptist fundamentalist is actually in a prison cell, yeah. getting ravaged by demonic powers in his own theology. Right? right? Yes. You get, the, you get in the picture? Yes. But you know what? Jesus awakens people like you, baptizing the Holy Ghost, gives you an angel called Redemption, an angel called the Reaper, and an angel called Wisdom to orchestrate how you're going to go prophesy to a guy to open the prison door, right? Now, here, now here's the deal. You guys are surrounded by people in different theological positions. How are you going to minister to them? Right? Jesus said this, in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring sight to the blind, to preach the real gospel, right? To open prison doors. I just read you a dream of the, of the position of the Lord and why the Lord sends me to go speak and minister to pastors. Because He doesn't, although they their heart is, they're, they're wanting right, they're actually trapped in a theology. And the point, the point of the dream is if you default to a theology, you miss the boat because you're defaulting to a powerless perspective that, you, that the Lord will always find a way to trap you and reveal error. Okay? If you are voice-driven, the voice will always lead you. Okay? He'll lead you into the unknown, but He will give you... The answer. He'll give you the power. He'll give you the ability because you're relying on the Jesus present instead of a theological position. Okay? Now it's important that, that you grow theologically to understand, you know, why does this group believe this way? What's the error to believing that way? Um, but ultimately, Paul said, Ephesians 3.19, I pray that you may know Him beyond knowledge. You get the point? Yes. Right? And so anytime you fall back to a theological position, guess what? You just set yourself up to get whacked by the Holy Spirit. Actually, because He will send somebody to actually reach in, open that prison door with a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, something that actually gets you out so that the reaper can come in and actually deliver you out of a bad theological position. Right? See, the best thing you can do is stop, drop, and pray. You can say, Jesus, 
whatever theology I thought I knew, or knew, no, knew, right? Whatever theology I thought I relied on that I rested upon, I'm flushing it, right? I'm, I'm throwing it out the door. Jesus, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection, right? And that's the concept of daily prayer, right? Instead of a, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, right? I'm good, I don't, I don't need that, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You lay down your, your, your heart to the Lord when you get up every day and, and you wait for His impartation because His impartation is the strength that, that sends you. Amen. Amen. Amen? Everybody get that picture? Amen? Amen. Alright. Um, so you have a rule, right? Redemption has a key. you got to receive it. Right? The reaper has a key. You got it. You got to receive deliverance. Anybody have deliverance? Amen. Right? Amen. Anybody have demonic powers driven out, driven away? Amen. Right? Amen. I mean, that's it's real. It's part of our testimony. Amen. Right? And the reality is, Jesus said this about theology: as Jesus was addressing the, as Jesus was addressing the Pharisees, the Pharisees, right? They're spiritually blind because they're trusting in their theology. And, and Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. You are vipers. You're dead men's tomb. You are whitewashed sepulchers, right? The point of Jesus connecting a viper, a, a, a serpent, to their theological position is the following, okay? It's not just a theology. It's actually demonic. There are things that are demonically inspired that keep you in a powerless state of theological reliance rather than the power of the Holy Spirit. Because once somebody gets baptized in the Holy Ghost and they get set on fire, there's no turning back, right? There actually is no turning back because you are so you know, in love being pulled on by the Holy Ghost that the theology, you, re- you begin to realize that the Lord actually changes theological positions in many different spaces, many different times, based on the problem you're dealing with, based on the circumstance, based on the situation, right? How many, how many of you guys develop routines and get comfortable with your routines? <laughs> I'm not preaching anybody, any normal human being, am I? That was a setup question, by the way. <laughs> Because here's the deal, even David, even King David, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, when David is made king, the, the, the Philistines decide they're going to test David, right? The Philistines um, go into a particular valley, and David um, rallies his army. They go down into the valley, and before they actually walk onto the battlefield, David stands in front of the, mul- uh, in front of the mulberry trees, and he asks the Lord a question, which way, what do I do, what's the strategy? Okay, the Lord says, go in front of the mulberry trees. He goes out and he annihilates the Philistines. Ten months later, in the same year, the Philistines rally. They come to the same battlefield. David rallies his army. They go to the same exact place. David stops at the mulberry trees and asks the Lord another question. What do I do, Lord? Where do I go? And all of a sudden it's... You're familiar with the scripture. I hear the sound of marching in the trees. The angel army of the Lord showed up to annihilate the Philistines on the battlefield, right? And the Lord says, this time, go out behind those mulberry trees and I am with you. 
What would have happened if David would be like most of our theological routines in the church? Oh, he told me this one time 25 years ago, so we do it every day just like we did because we heard him say it do this way once. But David, in the wisdom of the Lord, stops on a daily basis and says, how, when, who, where, what are we doing? And then he goes, because he knows the lesson. If the Lord is not with me, if he doesn't go before me, then I'm not going. I am not going through religious routines. I'm not even, I'm not even getting up and going to church. Right? A lot of you will go, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on some, some, reli- some religious theological positions now. What do you mean? What if the Lord had a different plan for you on Sunday morning? I was, I, was, <laughs> I was minding my own business about five years ago on Sunday morning. Um, I went up, I got my coffee, I sat down thinking that I was going to go to one of the local churches that Shelly and I had been attending. And all of a sudden the Lord starts to talk to me about this church that was 90 minutes north in Ohio, in Cambridge, Ohio. Okay? And he starts, he gives me, the, he gives me a picture of this girl black hair, ponytail. Um, he says, this girl's going to be here. Um, I want you to go. The pastor is going to let you do this. Um, and I want her baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? And so I'm like, well, I don't know what you're doing this morning, guys, but the Lord sent me to Cambridge. <laughs> Get in my car, go up. Um, and this, this pastor, I pull, in, pull into the... Um, parking lot and I knew I knew this pastor from you know years prior and he knew he knew I flowed prophetically and I actually did some stuff at his church uh, in, in prior year or something um, he says what are you doing here I said well I start I explained I, and he goes all right come on in as soon as we start worship I'm giving you the service wow I'm like all right so I st- I, I stand up um, I call the girl out, okay? The girl comes up, um, and the girl goes um, by by two names, okay? Uh, jo- not Joseph, but uh, Jacob's, Jacob, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the daughters, Leah and Rachel. Leah and Rachel. So, Rachel was the, was the, um, that was the wife that Jacob loved, right? Yeah. Leah, was the one that Laban snuck in. Right? Okay? And so I call her up. And this I can't make this stuff up, okay? I call I call her up um, and I said, the Lord sent me here to give you this message that He's chosen you and He wants to, to baptize you. And I said, what's, what's your name? And, and she says, Leah. And um, the, the, it goes back and forth for a minute, and then she goes, well, my real name is Rachel Leah, but I go by Leah. And I started to prophesy over her that uh, no longer will she go by Leah, but she will go by her real name, Rachel, because she's the one that the Lord loves. She, she starts to weep, she falls down, she gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the story is this, um, she was the, uh, uh, the last of seven children all the other children were serving in ministry, and she was the she was the black sheep. 
and she felt like she wasn't loved. She felt like she wasn't, um, you know, part of the family. Um, and in the midst of all this, they actually had another guest speaker, a missionary uh, from Malaysia who was scheduled to preach that day. Okay, now here, here's the kicker. As I'm going through this conversation, she's getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and this whole Leah Rachel thing, this guest speaker starts to cry. He falls on his face in the front of the church and he starts to wail like, ah, like he's crying. Do you ever see anything like this happen no. in church? <laughs> okay, now at this point, at this point, the Lord has my attention, okay? Because something is going on that's deeper than just the if the girl was was the, if the one girl was the mission okay but there was something going on that was deeper okay the guest speaker from Malaysia is like he's trembling he gets up off the floor I hand him the mic and he goes you're not going to believe this but a week ago the Lord told me to preach today about um, the one that, that Jacob loved versus the one that was unloved. And he goes, Lord, I've never preached on this. I don't know what this means. You need to send a man to help me. I kid you not. You need to send a man to help me. And he's shaking. And he, he, he says, I got it from here. And the man started to preach. I mean, the man, the man, the man was like, I know you sent this guy. And I'm like, you have no idea. I was having coffee in my normal on Sunday morning. And the Lord was like, no, you're going to Cambridge. Are you with me, church? You see, theology never would have shifted Leah into Rachel being baptized in the Holy Ghost and now leading a women's group in this church. Wow. Never would have supported the man that was afraid to even preach the word the Lord gave him because he didn't have the confidence. He didn't know exactly what it meant, right? What would have happened if I had just said, nah, I'm a theology guy today. Right. Are you with me? Right. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. make me sensitive to your voice. Whatever it, is, whatever it is, I'll do it. I'll do it. Come on, whatever it is, whatever it is I'll, do it. I'll do it. Come on, I'm, de- I'm done with theology. I want to know you. I want you to send me to do impossible things. I'm not a theologian. I'm a son of God in the presence of my king. At your throne room. At your feet. Hearing your voice. Doing impossible things. And sending me to impossible places. In Jesus' name. Amen. You with me, church? <laughs> You see, that's refreshing. You're like, man, can you, can you feel the wind going through you? Yeah. Amen. Can you feel the wind going through you? You see, here's the deal, guys. Redemption, this, this angel called redemption, um, this uh, reaper angel, uh, wisdom, um, they are part of making you supernatural. Okay. It is not, it is not um, an unusual thing for a person to have encounters with angels, right? Because the, super, the supernatural um, encounters in the Bible, they're all through the Bible. The, the prophets in the Bible, um, 
right? Zechariah, the angel awakened me, right? And I have this encounter of the oil, right? The ability of the Spirit, saying not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, right? Amen? Amen. It's by the Spirit, right? Um, but here's the deal. Um, this, re- this reaper angel um, is about harvest, okay? There's no such thing as a harvest without getting people delivered out of darkness, okay? The blood does some supernatural things, right? The blood of Jesus, the victory. The blood represents the victory of Jesus on the cross, right? That redemption angel has an assignment to cover people in the blood. The blood actually washes um, the dirt and the inability off of the person so that they are now a spirit man and not a dead man, right? A resurrected man and and not a dead man, right? The reaper, the reaper angel was really about inheritance. It's about harvest. And Jesus actually sends people uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit, to actually reap His harvest. Okay? Paul says this in Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of His glory um, of, in, of His inheritance in the saints. Do you know that those people in that prison cell, whether they were Satanists, whether they were Buddhists, whether they were um, uh, theologians draped in in, uh, steep religion, right? The Presbyterian, the Zero Holy Spirit uh, Baptist guys, Jesus still sees them as His inheritance, right? He actually equips people with the reaper, with the reaper concept that you're going to open a prison door, you're going to prophesy them out of their cell, Right, so that that reaper angel can actually um, literally destroy and demoralize the darkness that has imprisoned people. You know anybody in, in dark in dark prisons right now? You know anybody that needs help? You know anybody that actually needs deliverance like right now? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost give, me a vision give me a vision that I may prophesy, I may prophesy to the people that you put on my heart, that their prison doors would be open. In Jesus' name. And then you have wisdom, right? Wisdom orchestrates it all. Wisdom, wisdom is the one waiting for you, point to your neighbor, say you, you. to do your job. Okay? Wisdom is actually waiting for you to do your job. Every one of you have a job. Every one of you have an assignment in the kingdom. Every one of you, when you hear the voice of the Lord, and the Lord starts sending you to people to minister to them, Right? You are opening a prison door, giving the reaper angel his opportunity to bring deliverance. You're also opening a prison door, giving the, um, the, the angel of wisdom the opportunity to literally get them out of prison and into the presence of the Lord. Right? Amen. Can all that happen with one prophecy? You bet, baby. That's how powerful prophecy is. That's how powerful the gifts of the Spirit are because it's not you talking. It's the voice of God actually working through a man or a woman to open prison doors to get those those people, whether they're a Satanist, a Buddhist, um, a, a dead theologian, right? Thinking they're saved because of their theology that they're actually in a broken prison in a dead marriage and they're waiting for you to actually prophesy them out of prison. 
You know what fuels me? You know why I, I prophesy? I was in Muskoka, Canada a week ago. I preached for six hours on a Friday night, prophesied for about three hours of it. I then woke up, Shelly and I, I prophesied from 10 a.m. until 5.30 p.m. that night over anybody who the Lord was leading me to because I believe that prophecy is so powerful. It's the assignment of a believer to actually use the gift. It's not an optional thing. It's actually an assignment to use it and let Jesus, the power of heaven, reach into people's lives and pull them out of prison. Amen? Anybody ready to give their life in a new way? Come on, anybody ready to give their life in a new way? To, to realize you have an assignment? You see, this thing, there's, there's two things you have to realize. Number one, um, Revelation 19.10 says this, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You want to testify Christ? You can sit there all day long with a theological position. Well, the Bible says this, and the Bible says this, and the Bible says this, and the Bible says that. Well, guess what? You have all these theologians around you. They, they're walking everywhere. A Muslim's going to say, yeah, I don't believe that. I believe this. A Satanist is going to say, yeah, I don't believe that. I believe in the devil. Right? right? A, a Baptist is going to say, yeah, all that power stuff doesn't work. I'm gonna, I believe in these five biblical perspectives. But you, walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, you walk up to somebody and say, I have a vision. Jesus the spirit of prophecy is present and you start prophesying to that person and all of a sudden, they don't know why they start to shake. They don't know why they start to cry. They don't know why. But because you were a vessel of the spirit of prophecy, you actually allowed yourself to be vulnerable so that the prison door that keeps them into dead powerlessness is allowed to be open. Yeah. You get the picture? Yeah. So prophecy is not optional. You may have never heard a preacher preach like this. Prophecy is not optional. Prophecy is an assignment. Words of knowledge are an assignment. Right? Gifts of healing are an assignment. Right? Wisdom is an assignment. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment is an assignment. It's actually Jesus present working through you to get people out of prisons and into the presence of the Lord. Amen? You with me? And so Paul said it like this in, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 1. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For, for he who uh, speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who speaks prophecies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men, opening prison doors. He who speaks a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues even more that you prophesy. So that pattern has to be an, a, an absolute key in your life. You have to realize that the pattern of Pentecost was Jesus said, stay here, don't leave until I pour out my spirit. Right? right? And so when the spirit came, what happened? It said they prayed in tongues and prophesied. And guess what happened after that? They got so intoxicated with the presence of the Holy Ghost that they actually walked out into the street and they were contagious. It was like a virus. Right? Holy Ghost, make me a virus. 
Make me a virus. Come on, make me a contagious virus that intoxicates people everywhere I go. Can't be stopped, baby. You see, here's the pattern. You pray in the Holy Ghost, you're going to prophesy. It's not if, it's you're going to prophesy. If you commit your heart daily to praying in the Holy Spirit, He promises to plant dreams and visions in your heart. That's the intent of the Spirit. He promises to speak to you. It's not like it's a guessing game. It's not like, well, I never, he never did that to me. Well, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost and do you pray in the Holy Ghost? You tried it in a theological way. Let me introduce you to his way. You get the picture? You see, there's a lot of theologies. You go, you can walk down to the, to the 500 churches with, within 50 miles of, of Tampa. And you're going to get this theology, and then you're going to get that theology, and then you're going to get that, that theology. And you know what I do? I wait for somebody to say, let's see what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Every correction, every correction to the seven letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, Jesus ends it with this. This is your heir, but if you can hear. But if you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Say this, say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost put a burden on me. To pray in your language that I would hear you. That visions and dreams would flood my heart. That I could take people out of spiritual deadness. Out of prisons. That keep people deaf, dumb, and blind in the Spirit. Come on, Holy Ghost. Put a burden on me. Show me the way of the Holy Spirit. You see, you may, you, may, you may say, well, this is kind of a weird theology. Well, yeah, you know why? Because anything that man perceives to interpret Scripture, there's all, you, you, you can get a hundred pastors in a room, and they're all going to have a tweak, a different view. But there's only one Holy Ghost. There's only one Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of Truth If you're in a group of people and you're praying and the Lord says to three of them, I'm going to do this and I want this three people to go down here to 7-Eleven because there's a broken man that is waiting for me to send somebody to open a prison door in that guy, right? You get the picture? So do you center your life around the Holy Ghost? Now, now I'm getting a a little deep into this, but here's the deal. If you go back to the dream, what was the writing over the prison cells? The writing over the prison cells was deceived. And then, and then it said, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You know what blaspheming the Holy Spirit is? It means you trust in something other than the Holy Ghost. You trust in your own desire, your own perception, your own theological position instead of the Holy Ghost. And I would, I would say this to you. At the end of Paul's life, he learned to trust in the Holy Spirit so much that he said, my life is now simple. I put down all of the theology that you had to rip out of me over my whole lifetime. Everything as a Pharisee I thought I knew and thought I trusted in, it took my whole lifetime to get to a point, oh, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. Oh, that I may know you, Holy Ghost, 
and the power of your resurrection. Amen? Amen. You get the point? You see, anything, um, there's a spirit that tries to keep you from reliance on the Holy Ghost. It's called an orphan. It's called an orphan spirit. Okay? Adoption is in the presence of the Lord, in, in the place where sons and daughters rest. Anywhere but in that place, you've been orphaned. You've actually accepted an orphan mentality. Anybody in here accept having a revelation that maybe you've been duped a little bit? You've, you've trusted, you've kind of got one foot in the Holy Ghost. you got one foot in theology. you kind of teeter-totter. You kind of tolerate some of that supernatural stuff. But you know what? That's really not for me. I'm just I'm comfortable over here in my theology. I, I know what the Bible says. Yeah, but you know what Jesus said to the theologians? He says, you search Scripture, but you can't see me. That should freak you out. John 5, 38, 39, and 40. You should write that down and say, Jesus, freak me out. Get me out of my dead theology. Get me into the place where the angel called redemption and the angel called the reaper and wisdom are trying to get me out of a theological position and into a knowing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. You, guys, uh, you guys okay? <laughs> you guys all right? You guys still alive? Amen? So let's do this for a minute. Some of you are feeling the presence of the Lord settle down over your head right now. It just feels like a warm <laughs> It feels like, my God, it feels like uh, hot butter. Hot, hot, tingly butter um, coming down over your, your head. Um, just say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. in the name of Jesus. Drive every orphan spirit far from me. Everything that has tricked me trusting in a theology, deliver me from it right now. And pour your spirit of adoption upon me. And take me deep into the holy place. By faith, Lord, I'm coming to your throne room. Father, I pray, Lord, for, for the blood right now to run down everybody's face. Lord, I, I prophesy right now that uh, there's no prison door that will hold these people. I decree that in, uh, before me there are kings and priests there are wild ones who will ride the horse that Christ has for them. There are ministry callings in front of me. There are people uh, who the Lord will call prophet. There are people who the Lord will call apostle. There are people who the Lord will call teacher, pastor, and evangelist. There are people before me who have never heard the call of God so deep that they would, that they would trust in the voice of uh, in a deep way, Lord. I prophesy that the prison door will not contain them, that the prison door will be open, Lord, that they will be um, organized by by wisdom. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that the, the spirit of wisdom, Lord, would begin to uh, pull people out of, of an orphan mentality, Lord, and they would uh, see the door open 
to the heavenly realm. That they would see the place where, um, where Jesus said to John, come up here, for I have much to show you. I have, I, have a, I have my whole kingdom to show you and to reveal to you. Lord, I pray, Lord, for, for, for the people in front of me, Lord, that You've called to minister to those around them with words of knowledge, with wisdom, Lord, with signs and wonders, Lord, because Your voice is flowing off their tongue. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Your, your presence, Your grace, Lord, to begin to right now settle upon, upon the people in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, in Jesus' name, um, I, just, I command uh, every curse, Every every uh, yes. demonic power yes. that is influenced yes. and solidified yes. a dead theology yes. in their hearts, I break that power right now in the name of Jesus. I command that serpent to go. I command that dead theology to fall in the name of Jesus. And I impart over every person the power of the Holy Ghost. I say be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Set your heart on the Holy Ghost. Set your heart on the Holy Ghost. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that the reaper angel is unle unleashed, Lord, into everybody's life, Lord, that every demonic power right now is beheaded. We call it beheaded in the name of Jesus. Every limitation, every limitation that theology has bound people to in deadness, Lord, we break it. We break it. We command it to go in the name of Jesus. And we just release wisdom over every person's life. We release wisdom, Lord, to orchestrate, Lord, the people to dwell in the holy place. Dwell in the place where the voice of the Lord is flowing like a river. Flowing, Lord, like, like living waters, like a waterfall. Lord, I pray visions and dreams over every person right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I release the gifts of the Spirit. I release, Lord, prophecy and, and, and tongues. I release the interpretation of tongues and discernment. I release words of knowledge, supernatural vision, Lord, that shows even the numbers on license plates. Lord, I pray words of knowledge with detail and assignments, Lord, that would shake, shake families to the core, that would bring deliverance, Lord, uh, and bring entire families, Lord, out of a powerless theological mindset and into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray birth, birth the, the theology of the Holy Ghost. Lord, birth the theology of the Holy Ghost in every heart in this room. Right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So here's the deal. On the day of Pentecost, the first thing that happened was people had to realize that it wasn't them doing the work, it was the Holy Spirit. Right? It was this supernatural power that came upon them, made them shake, cry, and this gift of tongues flies out of their mouth. Right? And so, the gift of tongues is central. It's a, it's a language of the supernatural. It is actually the Holy Spirit praying through you. Right? It, it is allowing yourself to step back and let the Holy Spirit literally take over. Right? Romans 8.26 says, for we, do, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that we don't understand. Right? Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the perfect will of God. So who wants to pray the perfect will of God? Amen. Do you pray it every day? Yes. Do you pray the perfect will of God every day? Yes. You mean, wait, there's a way of the Spirit that is the perfect will of God? Amen? 
You see, as a, as a theologian, you have a way. But Jesus says, you will not come to me your way. You'll come to me my way. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. That's a hard thing for a religious guy to understand. But here's the deal. The way of the Spirit, there's only one way. Jesus said the way is narrow. There's a, you can go to a hundred churches and get a hundred different the- theologies. But there's only one Holy Spirit. The central theme in the whole deal is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right? The living Christ. Christ on earth, earth with us, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So, is there anybody who's never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, doesn't pray in tongues, that wants to get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, we're going we're gonna to get you guys baptized in the Holy Ghost. Do you guys good? Everybody good here? All right. The Lord's going to use you guys in supernatural ways. Amen? He's got a plan for every one of your lives. And it all changes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My life, I was a drunk heathen before I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The night I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I see them casting out devils and praying for people and doing some wild stuff. Okay? So here's the deal. Um, everything I told you about on the day of Pentecost, leading up to the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, don't leave this city. In Luke 24, He said, don't leave this city until I send the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. Right? The purpose of that is you're not doing it in your strength. You rely on the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, right, the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them and everything changes. It, it, they're, they're made supernatural. And Peter, who was the chicken on the night of the crucifixion, right, in his own strength, I'll never, I'll never deny you, Lord, I'll never deny you, suddenly is willing to go and even be crucified upside down with a courage from the Holy Ghost that could not be stopped. Amen? And so, um, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going I'm to uh, pray for you and lay my hands on you. Some of you are going to start feeling this tingly stuff in your belly. Some of you might already be, be feeling it. Um, some people get a lump in their throat. Um, but uh, this gift is going to start flowing out of you. It doesn't flow from your head. It flows out of your heart. It, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This gift and these gifts of the Spirit are, are literally connected to, to the prayer language of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, so, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray uh, for every person, Lord, right here. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come upon every one of them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let, let the grace of the Holy Spirit come. Lord, on the count of three, come on, one, two, three, come on, fill the Holy Ghost. Come on, feel Holy Ghost. Feel Holy Ghost. Come on, feel Holy Ghost. Feel Holy Ghost. Come on, I release the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that uh, when Jesus comes, He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come on. Let it fall. Let it fall right now in Jesus' name. Let it fall right now. Come on, feel. Feel Holy Ghost. Feel Holy Ghost. Feel Holy Ghost. <laughs> come on, Phil! Phil! Come on, Phil! Holy Ghost! Woo! Come on, Shete Bri Amamon Do Bre Amana Bre Amana Basom Te Brina Ambrena Ambrena. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. 
For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.